0: you're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Terry Wong. Well, welcome to our Northwest worship. It's great to see all of you here today, Uh, in person, online, maybe you're listening to a recording. Welcome to our Northwest worship. Well, last Sunday, We finished our pastor search process, and now Pastor Steve will lead the church along with Pastor Michael, and I'm very excited that uh, you have chosen him to be your English pastor. I want you to feel free to tell him all of your problems. (laughs) You know, if you got a complaint, you want to whine, he loves hearing whining and complaining. My favorite is, if you see someone sinning, make sure you tell him that so-and-so is sinning, And then, when you read about a new ministry or some great idea for church ministry, you tell him to put it into place and do all the work. But in reality, the Bible tells us that every believer is a minister, every Christian is a minister. A minister is one who serves. In fact, the Bible says that God calls us to be priests. And let's look at these two key verses. They're kind of interesting. This is why. I picked this passage for today's message. I have five sermons. I've decided to go topical and preach five things that God has laid on my heart. These are actually sermons I've been wanting to preach, but it's not a series. It's not a going through a book. And so I have five sermons I want to preach. And today's is based on these passages. Uh, we're going to go into them deeper, but verse 5, uh, 1 Peter 2.5, You also, like living stones, you have been built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. God's intention is that every believer become a part of the body of believers known as the priesthood of believers. We are chosen and we are being built into God's spiritual house. And this is a radical change in thinking. If you're a good Jewish believer, if you're a good Jewish person who grew up in the uh, temple and with the tabernacle and the teachings of the Moses, Mosaic Law, uh, you know that you can't be a priest. You can't be a priest unless you're born in the line of Aaron, Moses' brother. Uh, New Testament Christian leaders were never called priests. In the Bible, it's very clear that we are called pastors, maybe we're called ministers, maybe we're called bishops. And the reason why, I believe, if they started calling these Christian leaders priests, there would have been a big battle with the uh, Jewish priest and the synagogue leaders, because that is their title. Plus, the word priest had a negative meaning in Jesus' time because the priests were corrupt. The priests of Jesus' time, many of them were corrupt. They did it for the money and the power. The priests of Jesus' time rejected Jesus as the Messiah. But spiritually, thinking from the spiritual point of view, it is very clear that Christians belong to the holy and royal priesthood believers. And so we're going to take a look at what that means to you and me today. So uh, if you look in your sermon outline, the first uh, wording there says, you belong to the priesthood of believers. If you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you belong to the priesthood of believers. God says, you are a priest. And depending on your background, that could be scary. It could be confusing. It can be exciting that God has called me to be a priest. We need to understand what it means. We need to embrace what God is calling us to do. And so we see that the first thing, what it means is that you have been chosen by God and you have been set apart. In the Old Testament time when the tabernacle was built, when they're leaving the the, uh, land of Egypt, go to the promised land, God chose Aaron and his sons to be priests. The priests were chosen by God. They were set apart to do God's holy work. They were made holy by animal sacrifices. They were to remain holy through more sacrifices and being wearing God's holy clothing. In the same way, in Christ, you have been chosen to be holy. Christ makes us holy. You have been set apart to do God's holy work and to serve the Lord. Let's look at, let's look at 1 Corinthians 1-2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So, those in Corinth who called on Jesus' name were sanctified. What's interesting, the people of Corinth were pagans, they were Gentiles. They were not Jewish people, they were Gentiles. They used to worship idols. Now they were believers, and God says, You are sanctified. I have called you. I have set you apart for holy service. That those that call upon the name of the Lord have been set apart. Now, in the Old Testament time, the priest would go through a process to be made clean. They would be consecrated for God's holy work. Sacrifices would be made on their behalf to cleanse them and make them holy. Then they would be they would be given holy clothing to wear. Let's look at uh, Exodus 8:28, 1. Have Aaron, your brother, the brother of Moses, brought to you from among the Israelites along with his sons Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, so they may serve me as priests. And then verse, uh, chapter 30, 30. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Anoint Aaron his sons and consecrate them so that they may serve me as priests. They would consecrate them. They would wear... Holy clothing, animal sacrifices were made on their behalf to be holy. But in Jesus Christ, everything has changed. The world has turned upside down. We are sanctified by Christ because of his sacrifice on the cross. Christ died on the cross for our sins. He paid our sin debts, all past, present, and future sins. No sacrifices need to be made from now on. We are made holy and chosen in Christ when we trust in him as our Savior. And our Lord. See, this turned the Old Testament sin uh, system upside down. Before a priest had to be a Jewish male of a certain age, a descendant of Aaron, but now all who believe belong to Christ as priests. Men and women, slave and free, Jew and Gentile, even that young child who comes to know Christ as their Savior and Lord are made priests. Priests who serve God. So what does that mean to you and me? Well, you have been chosen by God. God chose you. He set you apart for special service. That means you are accepted and valuable to God. You have been chosen to be a part of God's family. And isn't it wonderful to be accepted accepted just the way you are? Uh, I still have negative feelings from high school PE in freshman year when I would go and we would pick teams for the basketball team, and I was like this tall, guess who got picked last? OK, maybe you know, out of 30 people, you know, you, 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 you. Oh, OK, you can have him. And it's, uh, I hated that feeling. It was humiliating. But I knew, on the other hand, that Christ loved me. He chose me. And I belong to God. He paid for my life with his life. <clears throat> The cross proves your value. Nobody has ever paid a greater ransom for you than Jesus did on the cross. So as we go through life, we are acceptable. We are valuable. When you talk to people at work or at school and they feel down and depressed because they are nobodies, say, you are somebody in Jesus Christ. Christ chose you. So what does that mean? Uh, We need to be holy. We need to be holy and stop sinning and start serving God. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1 talks about how we've been chosen by God and how we have a living hope and we're still live a life of holiness. And then we go to verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1, and the verse, first word is therefore. Therefore, God, Paul's making a point. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Uh, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy and envy, and slander of every kind, New, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Be holy. Stop sinning. Start serving the Lord. All of these sins, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, they are intended to hurt people. They are intended to hurt and tear down people. We see it all the time. You know, grow up in high school or college or at work, And brothers and sisters, family, we tear each other down. Peter says, stop hurting each other. Start loving one another. That's what it means to be holy. Get rid of this stuff. It doesn't belong in your life. You made a conscious decision to become a Christian and to become like Jesus. So strip away those filthy and dirty clothes and put on Jesus Christ. How does that happen? We feed on the, newborn, uh, on the pure milk of God. Feed on the pure spiritual milk of God, the word of God. Just as you crave those selfish desires, crave the pure work of God's word. Use it to grow in your salvation. Pure means unadulterated and uncontaminated. The pure word of God. The problem today is many Christians do not have an appetite for God's word. They are not hungry for God's word. They have to be fed religious entertainment in order to be interested in listening. Pastors must entertain you. The, work, the music must be just right to move you. But God says we are moved by the truth of God's word. Now, I don't mind being somewhat entertained. I don't, I don't mind being good at what we do. But you must feed on the pure work of God. That God, that's what moves you. You read a scripture verse, it moves you to serve. The Lord. And we have to be hungry, just like newborn babies. What does a baby do when he or she is hungry? She cries, she he or she screams, she wants to be fed. And we must want to be fed by Christ. Mature Christians discover that the pure word of God tastes good and the Lord is good. So stop sinning. Start serving. And so let's look at our first thought here, which is about the holy priesthood. What does it mean? being a a part of the holy priesthood. It means that you have access to God. Uh, Verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone, and Jesus is a living stone because he rose from the dead, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones. We are living believers, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now in the Old Testament, the only person that could go directly to God, the only person that had access to God to be made holy uh, were priests. Only the Old Testament priests could go into the the temple, in certain spots, only the high priest could go into the holy of holy. They have the right, the responsibility, the privilege to go directly to God. They could talk to God. They could worship God. They could fellowship with God. But everybody else had to go through the priest to discover what God wanted for them. Only priests could serve in the temple. Only the high priest would go into the holy of holies. That that thick, one-foot-thick veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. Only the high priest could go in there. And they say that when Christ died on the cross for our sins, when he died, that curtain rent into it, tore into it, separated. And God was saying, no longer do you have to go through these priests to meet me. You can come directly to me. You can go directly to Jesus Christ. You can go directly to God. You don't need an earthly mediator anymore because Jesus Christ is your mediator. We can go straight to God. I heard a story about a Baptist minister who was talking to a Catholic priest, and they were talking about forgiveness. And so the uh, the, the Baptist minister asked the priest, if a parishioner, one of your parishioners sins, who does he go to confess to? And the priest says, well, he goes to his Uh, local priest and he confesses his sin. And so, then the minister asked him, Well, if the priest sins, who does he go to? Well, the priest goes to the bishop, and he confesses his sins to them. And if the bishop sins, well then he goes to the cardinal to confess his sins. And then he says, Well, if the cardinal sins, what does the cardinal do? Well, he goes to the pope and confesses his sins to him. And then the minister asked him, Well, who does a pope confess his sins to? And the the priest goes, well, the Pope confesses his sins to God. And the Baptist minister thought for a moment and says, oh, the Pope is a Baptist. (laughs) Because we go straight to God. Christ enables us to go straight to God. As believers, we have direct access to God. What a privilege. You know, the Holy Spirit flows through us. We read God's word. We are filled with God's love. We are in the presence of God every day we choose to. We can pray, we can confess, we can fellowship, we can go directly to God. Are you going directly to God? Are you learning God's word on your own in your quiet time and your study? Yeah, we need worship, we need instruction, uh, we need small groups to teach us in Bible studies, but you can go directly to God. And why do we have access? So we can become a living sacrifice to God. Uh, Next slide. Why do we have this access so we become a living sacrifice to God? Believers are called priests. And we don't, we're not called priests just for salvation. You know, our salvation is more than fire insurance, right? To keep us out of the fires of hell. It's more than that. It's so that we can serve God. The priests served God before the people. The priests taught the people. He, they instructed them. They, they judged on certain affairs. So believers... Are priests? That means we serve God, and we serve God as be- becoming living sacrifices. So believers are called to be living sacrifices, offering up spiritual sacrifices to God. What does that look like? Hebrews thirteen fifteen, through Jesus, therefore, let us continue offering to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifice, God. Is pleased. Yeah, there's some material things we give of our tithes and, and our offerings, but when you look at this passage, our sacrifices include praising God. It's lips that confess His name. It is doing good for others. With such sacrifices, God is pleased. That means we offer up our body, soul, and our spirit. We worship God. We praise Him with our lips. We do good works. These are sacrifices that God accepts when we do them with love and obedience. And that means that we give God our best and we give, God to, we give to God first. You know, think about your time. Do you give God your best time or your worst time? When you do your quiet time, do you give God your best time? Maybe it's the first thing in the morning or maybe right after lunch when you're alert, uh, when you're mind don't give your mind is fresh. Don't give God your I am dead time. You know, I'm dead tired, I'm gonna give God my time. I remember I uh, was trying to do my quiet time in the evening. Big mistake. (laughs) Don't do your quiet time before you go to bed because you'll just fall asleep during your quiet time. And isn't it kind of embarrassing that, God, I'm gonna give you this time and you fall asleep uh, on God. Uh, So I trained myself to give God my morning time, my morning time when I'm awake, uh, when I'm fresh, because we wanna give God our best. Uh, 1 Peter 2.5, let's go back to this verse. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Uh, Peter uses the image of a building project to illustrate your value, your importance. He paints a picture of God constructing a big building, a stone building. That building represents the church, the family of God. And Jesus is a living stone because he was raised from the dead in victory. He is a cornerstone because he is, is the stone that is the church is built upon. The most important stone in a building is the cornerstone. So in this image, the first stone on the corner is the cornerstone. It is laid first. It determines all the angles of the building. It is like the plumber's line that's stretched out to make sure the horizontal and vertical lines are straight. It needs to be plumbed uh, vertically and horizontally. It gives symmetry to the entire building. The weight of the building, uh, the church of Christ, is, is strengthened and stabled by the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? He is the cornerstone. Now, we don't use that technology anymore, but that's what they did in the Old Testament time, even the Roman time. So we are one of God's chosen stones. The church is built of many stones, and the stones are set upon Each other. And so our lives are built on the Word and the work of Christ. That's why we study God's Word. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a building block in God's great plan. Now, look at a picture of this uh, stone wall. You notice in the stone walls that the stones are of different sizes and different shapes. Why? Because if you're working back in the Old Testament time, even in, in in the 100 years ago, you know, today we use what? Bricks that are uniform size. But they are poured, and then they are, they are cooked. They are made to be the same size. But back then, they didn't have that opportunity. Nor would they sit with a chisel and say, well, I'm going to make a, a hundred bricks of the same size. So they learned how to build walls with different size stones. Uh, they learned how to use them in any shape they came in. Big, little, odd, flat, or round. And so the premise here is that God wants to use you just the way you are. You don't have to become like me. You don't have to become like somebody else for God to use you. Yes, you need to grow. You need to learn God's word, but God can use you. And God, the master carpenter, knows where you go on his building. You just let God use you the way he intended to use you. So every stone is important. The wall is made out of small and big stones. They're, They're all important. Now, we think the big stones are more important, but you know, the little stones have to be wedged in between the big stones to strengthen the wall. You take out a little stone, the wall gets weaker. So don't think, un- don't think you are not important. Don't think you don't have anything to contribute. Next week, we're talking about a sermon about give God what you've got. Okay, just give God what you've got, not what you, you think you should have. Jesus was a carpenter. He grew up a carpenter. Now, many people think well, that means he was a woodworker. You know, he's planing wood and making baby cribs for people. No, it means he was probably a stonemason. Why? Because carpenters use whatever material was prevalent uh, in that uh, area. So if Jesus grew up in a forest with big trees, he would probably be a wood carpenter, right? Because they build cabins out of wood. But in the uh, Jerusalem and Israel, you go, look, there is no trees. The only common thing they have is stone. And so... Many people that think that Jesus was a stone worker. He knew how to work with stone, and he knows where you go in his wall, in his building. Now, what happens if we say, well, God, I'm not important. God, I'm lazy. I don't really want to do anything. God, I don't, I, I'm committed, but not that committed. Well, look at this picture. What happens when you remove a stone? You know, when you remove a stone, it starts getting weaker. There's a weak point, okay? And if you remove another stone over on the other side, there's another weak point. We are designed to fit in this church like a puzzle, all right? Like a puzzle, and all puzzle pieces are different. The church is not about uniformity, where you all look and act the same, but it is about unity centered around Christ. You are a holy priesthood. We have access to God. We are living sacrifices doing God's work, but if you are missing in action, uh, you don't please God, okay? You're not serving God. The Lord, And so let's go to this next point, which is this, your beliefs determine your behavior. If you don't believe, uh, you're missing in action. See, there's only two choices. This, the Scripture is very clear. You either believe and belong to Jesus Christ, or you don't believe and you don't belong to Jesus Christ. One pathway leads to salvation, the other to stumbling. We see that in uh, verse 7. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. When we believe in Jesus, Jesus is precious to me. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. The Jewish religious leaders did not believe in Jesus. He was not the Messiah they wanted. He wasn't a military king like David. He wasn't a wise and powerful king, political king like Solomon. And they rejected him. And the truth of that rejection made them stumble and fall. And when we don't trust in Jesus, we stumble over him. Uh, We fall not into salvation, but into judgment. And so they missed out on knowing Jesus. The stone they rejected became the capstone, the final Piece. Now in the New Testament, I mean in NIV they use the word capstone. Where was it? Okay. Uh, and this is an example of a type of capstone. The capstone is the last stone put on the building, and it locks the, the 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 rest of the stones together. And so the capstone here is the last piece that locks that arch together. It gives it strength and stability. Now in the NIV, it uses the word capstone, but in New American Standard, New King James, they use the word cornerstone. It's interesting because both words come from the same Greek word. It can be the cornerstone or the capstone. But when you read the Greek, right before the word capstone, you see the word head. And so uh, NIV scholar says it must be the capstone, not the cornerstone. What does that mean? Jesus is the first and last stone in the church. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, He is our beginning and our end. He completes us in the church. If you believe in Jesus, you will behave like Jesus. You'll look like Jesus. You will serve like Jesus. So we are a holy priesthood. We have access to God. Uh, We serve the Lord. But we're also called the royal priesthood. What does it mean to have the royal priesthood? Go to our next slide. That means you have the authority of God. You think of a royal, you think of a king. You think of government. We have the authority of God. Verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. God's intention from the very beginning is that you be his holy nation, that you be the people of God. Uh, Just look at all the words in here that show God's intent. Uh, Verse 9, you are a chosen people. Uh, Later on, a people belonging to God. Uh, You have been called. God's intention is that you belong to him as his family, as his people, as his nation. God wants you. And when you belong to God and you know his love, And forgiveness, we can declare the glory of God. We can shine the light of God in this dark world. Priests had the privilege and responsibility of representing the people, uh, representing God to the people, Uh, and he they would speak on His behalf. They would serve on God's behalf. They would teach them and love them and serve them. They had the authority of God. Every believer has the authority of God to speak on his behalf. Jesus said, go and teach them to obey my commandments. All authority is given to me. I am giving it to you. Go and teach my commandments to all the people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So what that means is we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors carrying out the message of reconciliation. And I love this passage in 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is really what it's about. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. We are reconciled to God. We have this ministry. Now that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them, and he has committed to us a message of reconciliation. Isn't that amazing God will no longer count your sins against you in Jesus Christ. You've been forgiven of your past, present, and future sins. And then uh, verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. Uh, not like they do today where they reward you an ambassadorship for being donating to a campaign. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know, people donate a lot of money. They help you get elected. You get, uh, get an ambassadorship to somewhere. No, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And as though, Christ was ma- as, as though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We are Christ's ambassador. We are the royal priesthood. God is speaking through us. He is calling on all people to believe in Christ, to be reconciled to him. Your sins no longer are going to be held against you when you trust in Christ. You are forgiven. We're to preach the gospel. We're to heal the brokenhearted. We're supposed to set people free. This enables them to be reconciled to God. They just need the truth of God's word. Now, every Christian isn't a pastor, but every Christian is a minister. And you can be a minister anywhere you are at. You know, if you're in an office programming computers, guess what? God can use you there. Maybe you're in school trying to get through school. Guess what? God can use you there. Maybe you're driving a truck. God can use you because anytime you are helping people in the name of Jesus Christ, you are a minister of the gospel. And so you are an integral part of this plan. God is building you into a holy priesthood and a royal priesthood. Look at this uh, thought here. What will you do? Holy priesthood means you have access to God. Royal priesthood means you have the authority of God. What are you going to do with these two privileges? They are given to you, but what you do with them is up to you. Are you spending more time with God? You know, God is waiting for you. He wants to hear from you. Are you representing Christ in this world and uh, shining his glory into this world? I think one of the greatest blessings of being a priest is I can get up close and personal with God. I can tell God my problems. I can ask Him for wisdom. I can ask Him for help. I'm going through a lot of challenges today ministering to people. And, you know, sometimes I get a little overwhelmed and I get scared because I don't know what to say. But I have access to God. God will give me the words. As, as I said last week, God will remind me of what I have to say. And then I go and speak to these people with the authority of God. I tell them what God is saying, okay? And I say it in a way that they really need to listen to God. But I can know God's love. I can love him deeply. Brothers and sisters, you are a holy priesthood and a royal priesthood. Don't don't waste this privilege. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, Pastor Terry, what is this whole thing about trusting in Jesus and believing in him? Well, as we talked about today, we are sinners and because of our sins, we're separated from God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of our sins, the wages of sin is death. We will each die for our sins. But Christ came to this world and he who was not a sinner died for our sins. Jesus was sinless and died a sinner's death. And so we know that Christ died for our sins, so our sins no longer count against us. And if you're here today, you're listening online. If you have not trusted in Christ as your Savior and your Lord, do it today. Why, why wonder whether you'll go to heaven? Why wonder if you're saved? Jesus says, you trust in me, you follow me. I will forgive you of all your sins. You'll have a fresh start in the family of God. Why not put your faith in Christ today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we think about uh, these thoughts. Father, we thank you that you have called us. You have called and chosen to be Uh, your ministers, to be your priests, holy and royal, and you want us to belong to your family. Father, what a precious privilege you have given us. What a precious gift. We know that we deserve nothing. We have only earned uh, punishment and hell, but you want to give us eternal life in heaven. So thank you, Lord, for this privilege. I pray all my brothers and sisters will embrace their priesthood, that they'll be holy and go to you, that they'll be uh, a royal priesthood and they'll go to the lost. Father, we have access to you, and you want us to also go to the lost. Help us, Lord, not to waste this opportunity, but to bring glory to you, to shine the light of Christ into this dark world. So, if my brothers or sisters are struggling and understand this, Lord, I pray they'll spend time praying about what you want them to do. They'll review the notes of the sermon and think about how they can serve you, where they fit, what type of stone they are, where they fit in your building, the church, your family. Father, someone here today who did not know you, had not trusted you, not even sure if they are Christians, I pray, Father, they'll settle the issue by putting their faith in you and trusting in you. Thank you, Lord, for being a part, being our, our Lord and Savior and God a King and making us your family. We praise and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.